0: people telling other people that they you know they can't paint or draw don't don't be ridiculous you're not creative all of those things and then we go through secondary school and we're kind of crushed into this little ball and and bound up with all sorts of ropes that kind of we come out the other end thinking we should be this person this is what society is expecting of us yeah. and so what i do in a room with people is to really get them to play so they drop all of that baggage so that they find out what their story is and what makes them what did, what were they doing when they were 8 years old that gave them that thrill
1: Hello and welcome to the Unlocked podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Locke, professional speaker, magician, and confidence coach. And quite simply, Unlocked is a journal of self-improvement. I'm talking to the experts, authors, and successful people from around the world, as well as sharing my mishaps and magical adventures in my own life too, to unlock the best version of ourselves. My aim is to give you some insight and inspiration so you can unlock the best version of yourself too. Now, if this sounds like your cup of tea, then hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Wednesday. Now, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's episode. This week, I am joined with the wonderful Jackie Goddard. Jackie's a former fashion designer, a recovering actor, a coach, a speaker and podcast host, but she's on a mission to get people excited about stepping in front of their audience now whether that is potential clients customers or maybe it's just people who want to share their message with the world she's helping people raise their confidence and realize that they actually have stories and experiences that can help others so Jackie was a perfect guest to come on we've got some great mutual connections and also some fantastic similarities actually in some of the things that we do and I just thought she'd be a great guest to come on the show to start sharing these ideas about how can we increase people's confidence about stepping in front of an audience so without further ado enjoy this episode with the wonderful Jackie Goddard Today, I am joined with the wonderful Jackie Goddard, a former fashion designer, recovering actor, coach, speaker and podcast host. And Jackie's on a mission to help speakers get excited about sharing their ideas and messages with an audience, whether it's for their business, to educate or to entertain. Welcome to the show. Jackie Goddard, how are you?
0: I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Yeah buzzing
1: good great to be here and that's yeah. because you come off a holiday isn't it really that's i know <laughs> i
0: know it's not just you ricky but but yeah oh thank you
1: jackie well jackie it's a pleasure to have you on here i'm looking forward to this because uh we've known each other for some while now but there's some real parallels about what we both do outside of this podcast and, and our mission really to help people and uh would love to discuss more but from that brief introduction tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and who are you jackie
0: well, as you said, I am on a mission to get people excited about stepping in front of their audience and their audience being their potential clients, customers, the people that they want to share their message with. And as we were talking about just before you hit record, people are petrified of, of speaking in public sometimes. Not everybody. Some people, you know, it does come quite naturally, but m- in the majority, and I think it was Seinfeld, or could have been Mark Twain. I've I've heard it said by both <laughs> that people would rather be in the coffin at a funeral than actually speaking the eulogy. Yeah. So people are more afraid of speaking in public than they are of dying, which to me is just incredible. And so it's my mission really just to help people to Mm -hmm. raise their confidence, to Mm -hmm. make them realize that they have a message and a story that is, that needs to be shared because we all have a story that, and, and the experiences that can help other people. So it's not just about standing on a stage in front of a camera, on a Zoom call, and just kind of go, well, this is me, this is what I've done, aren't I great? It's really about sharing those stories that they have learnt from that then will benefit other people. Um, so it's it's kind of a knock-on effect, Is I help them to help other people. Um, and in order to do that, I need to get them excited about sharing the fantastic message that ultimately they do have to share
1: yeah ultimately and it's, and it's a really important thing because uh, in both of our work we meet people who are absolutely petrified they have these these beliefs about their presentations their performances and when you can see at the end result once you've coached them and they just go oh my god i can I can speak confidently. I can speak uh, with, with impact. Oh my god! I didn't know I could do this, and that's yeah. the the real cool thing. But before we tap into that, because there's loads of listeners that will uh, will take a lot from this episode about using this in their business or in their life, about how they can communicate with more impact or make it fun to either shop on camera, stage, whatever. Um, you have a very incredible story as well, of how you got there, and also uh, when I, whenever I get guests onto the show for the listeners here, I always uh, send a little form that kind of gives a bit of an info about their. The guest, And you put something which is absolutely amazing. I've done a bit of research on this as well, which is brilliant. But you have a very famous dad and uh, oh. you've also done something as well. Really cool with Dame Judi Dench as well. Tell us a little bit, Paul Weston and uh, <laughs> who is your father, I should say, and uh, Dame Judi Dench.
0: Well, Paul Weston is is famous in his own world and certainly in you know in my world he's quite famous too um he's a, he's a stuntman has been a stuntman and stunt coordinator second unit director for or i don't know well since since back in the 60s really since i was a little girl um yeah so he's worked on lots and lots of films and it's it's been qu- quite um quite interesting to have a stuntman as a father and it was something that when i when i was a child um if people would ask me what my dad did for a living i was always told not to tell them because somehow they would think i was making it up or i was trying to be you know i was lying and trying to you know make something of myself so i spent a, a lot of years kind of trying to hide what he what he did because as soon as as soon as you told them you know, my dad's a stuntman. They they weren't interested in anything else. So, you know, they wanted to hear the stories. What's he done? <laughs> What's he been in? You know, who's he met? All of those things. Um, but now I'm, I, I'd, I love to talk about the fact that my dad is a stuntman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, he's really cool. And he's he's still stunting. You know, he's still out there working Mm. at the ripe old age of 82, which he would hate for me to tell anybody (laughs) how old he was. But, yeah, no, he's he's I'm very, very proud of him. And he was a fantastic, is a fantastic storyteller.
1: Yeah. And so I think
0: uh, I think now when he he goes on jobs now or, or people employ him, it's really just to get him to so they can sit around and listen to the stories. Yeah, amazing.
1: Yeah, and lots of James Bond films, isn't there? I think Skyfall is one of his biggest things as well. I, if I remember doing my research right, well, he's done lots, hasn't he? Lots and lots. He of has. Shows, I yeah.
0: mean, he's, he was he was he, you know he was a sort of a, a bit player really in, in Skyfall. He was the uh, stunt coordinator for The Living Daylights and oh, one other, I think. Um, so yeah, he's and Star Wars, he's he's done a few and.
1: Wow! Fantastic. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. I know uh, Richard here on will be listening to this. He'll he'll be a big fan of that. He's a big James Bond fan. So, um, uh, Jackie, also, yeah. So the second thing as well is is something that's led you to this point, obviously about um, the Dame Judi Dench thing at the RSC. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that experience. That's quite interesting.
0: <laughs> well, as, as you said earlier, I um, I was a fashion designer. I I trained in fashion and textiles and ended up in what I would say was the rag trade end of the fashion business and it was horrible. <laughs> I mean I had, I should have been an actor. I should have gone to drama school, but I was completely like lots of people are put off by my careers teacher. <laughs> absolutely said to me, no, you don't want to be an actor. Uh, what else can you do? And I said, well, I'm not bad at art. And so I ended up going to art school, which was great. I loved art and I love fashion, but the the business end of it is not very creative. It's not much fun. It's very cutthroat competitive, and which is just not me. So I left after about five years of designing for the high street. So I was, you know, I'd had, Clothes in Miss Selfridge, Topshop, H and M, all of all of those those sort of high street end shops, um, and a friend of mine who I went to fashion college with had, again, like me, been through fashion and ended up not particularly enjoying it. And she went to the Royal Shakespeare Company at the Barbican in London to work in the wardrobe department. And so when I was really unhappy in my work, I'd left a job. Uh, She said, come along and do do some dressings, just casual work. You know, it will sort of keep tied you over kind of thing. And as soon as I walked through the doors at the Barbican, the RSC, I just felt... At home, I think I just kind of went. Oh, I found my tribe. I just felt so comfortable. Um, and one of the, one of the shows, I was a, I was a dresser in the pit at the Barbican, and I don't know if you've ever been there. You're far too young to even remember <laughs> the old Shakespeare Company being there, but they obviously their main house was the big theatre. That's where all the big shows were on. But in the pit, they did all the small shows. So it was in not quite the round, it was sort of an apron, um, audience on three sides, very, very small. I can't even remember how many it seated. But that's where they did the more off the wall stuff, the, the, the sort of more alternative shows. And Judy Dench was in, the, was in there playing, in a play called The Gift of the Gorgon. And like... Every, all the actors at the royal shakespeare company there were no there were no stars so everybody we had a girls dressing room a boys dressing room and I uh, usually ended up a sort of a uh, a, a younger boy's dressing room. I don't know why there was always more boys. <laughs> um, and Ju- I was dressing the girls, so Judy Dench was in my room, was in my dressing room, wow. and she was fabulous, as you would imagine. She was just as you would imagine her to be. She was lovely, you know, great yeah. stories, a great laugh. She was, she was always telling jokes and playing mm-hmm. pranks, and yeah, she did that. That was it was, and I had a fantastic time there. And it was, it was while I was there um, that I realised that that acting was uh, I should try if i didn't if i didn't do it then i would really regret it so from there i went to drama school
1: what was it about the acting then that that made you come alive and go yeah this is this is what i need to do
0: god that's a, that's an interesting question i don't know i don't i don't know if it was anything in particular but it's it's almost Innate. Mm. And I think I think we all have that with something. There's always there's something in all of us that makes us excited. And I don't know whether it's the storytelling part of it, or just the interest that I have in people and human nature. Yeah. And what motivates people. Um yeah, and I, I mean it was it was what I it was what I did in the playground as a as an eight year old, I would gather all my friends together whether they liked it or not, and I'd say right we're, we're putting on a play, and we'd make up a story. So every playtime during the week, I would direct and write and star in, obviously. <laughs> of course, yeah, play, whatever that might be, and then the teacher uh, in that particular year. Would uh, allow us to perform it on a Friday afternoon. And so that was my, that's what I did. I did it at home where I lived. I can remember putting on plays in the sort of the little circle of, of flats where i lived and I invite an audience and i charged them 10p i think i charged them oh, to come and watch and then I, t- I can remember taking it to my what we'd made to the local children's home which must have been so embarrassing oh, really oh, and oh, said you know we've we put on a play this is for you kind of thing oh, um, so yeah it's just something it's it's just something i've always done and i don't i don't know why that is i don't think anyone's ever asked me why oh interesting <laughs> It's a funny thing, because um, I
1: guess for me, in a similar context, there's, there's something that's so magical about, pardon that pun there, but in a theatre, backstage, seeing what the audience isn't seeing, you know, and, and the, the, for me, there's this smell, there's this, yeah. there's the dust that, you know, there's just the, the trap doors. I mean, one of the biggest things when we went to New York was to go to Radio City and to do the tour of the stage. And I was like, I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. I don't think Danielle was as... As uh, amazing as I was, but it was just this, <laughs> this, this, feels like I could be here all day. And yeah, you, you just, yeah I, I, so I know, I know how you feel there. It's, it's hard to put into words what that is. But, yes. Uh, I absolutely, uh, I, I kind of echo that as well. So, yeah. Well, great. So, okay. So um, we've obviously come from the, they're the doing the art, obviously careers advisor telling us all the bad things that we you know really should do. We need uh, Jake Richings on here. So people can go back to uh, listen to the Jake Richings episode, which is about how to find a crew you love. So you've come on through to this. You've come on and uh, started doing costume designing, fashion designing. You're now helping uh, or working at the RSC. So then what led to that point where I believe you started to watch the actors on stage and go, I can do this. Yeah. Or I could do it better than them, maybe. Well, what happened there? And what was that spark that's then led on to where you are now?
0: Yeah. I mean, I can. Rem- well, there's a t- two stories, really. I, ca- I can remember standing in, in the pit where is it like you know a, a proscenium, proscenium arch theater where you know where you've got the audience all out front and you've got the wings in the pit there were voms so these these um sort of corridors that sort of came down between the audience there was just literally a curtain and then you stepped on out into the space it wasn't you didn't even step onto the stage you stepped into the space and i can remember standing by that behind the curtains like literally peering through at a young uh, a couple of young actors whose... Who have gone on? Well, one of them certainly, Emily. Emily. Oh no, I'm going to embarrass myself by not remembering her name. (laughs) Um, But um, just listening to them and thinking, I could do that. I could absolutely do that. And then I was dressing um, an actor called Toby Stevens. I do remember his name. And. He had a scene and we were doing it. It was a technical tech, re- tech re- rehearsal. So there was no audience in, they were just going through the motions for the lighting and the sound and all of those things. Um, and as you say, that's what I loved. I loved that backstage kind of, you know, the technical side of it is, you know, blocking it and putting it all the, going through the paces. Um, and I had a quick change with this, this actor. And so I'm sitting in the auditorium watching him roll around under a sheet with an actress pretending to have sex. I mean, and they they were really going for it. I mean, you couldn't see them, but the noises, it it was like, oh my God, how embarrassing. I mean, just how do you do that? So he came off stage for a quick change and I said to him, how do you, how do you do that without just cringing? You know, just, what what is it? You know, how, how do you sort of, with everybody watching you? And he said, well, if you don't believe what you're doing, then the audience won't believe it either. Mm-hmm. And that for me was a real light bulb moment. That was a, a moment that was like, oh my God, that's that's what acting is. It's not about being you playing yeah. a character. It's about you being that character. And if you don't believe that you are that person, that character, then the audience won't believe you because you will get embarrassed. You will stumble. You will kind of cringe and turn red and all you know all of those things and so for me that was a moment that just was like well you know this this is all of the, all of the um, apprehension that I had about being an actor and thinking that I couldn't do it and I wasn't good enough it kind of just gave me an in it gave me um a way of thinking about characters and motivation and, and everything around around acting and and the, the joy of just being somebody else so rather than just playing somebody else, but to actually yeah. take on a character and become that character there's, so, yeah
1: there's a, there's a power of escape there isn't there? Yeah, I, I feel it when I perform because i 'm a character it 's like a light switch goes on, and it 's almost like an anchor as soon as that suit jacket comes on it's almost like as if I'm a different person because I'm not the same person walking around the supermarket or walking down the street. I'm a probably slightly dialed down dull version. You know, I'm just Ricky, you know, I'm Ricky throughout no matter what, but there's this slightly accentuated, um, you know, dialed up to 11, Mm. you know, Ricky. And uh, you you can see it in my posture in that. But it is that escape because for that moment i mean we've talked about this before this idea of flow state you know yes you know, like a keynote a 45 minute keynote that feels like five minutes or a two-hour magic performance that feels like half hour it's that's just it's just magical isn't it you can't yeah. it's really hard to explain this to people who, who haven't felt that but there's that buzz and that adrenaline that of just being someone else and yeah. for me my character is quite cheeky i'm quite a cheeky person i'll probably say things that i probably wouldn't say you know uh, in real life but yeah. i can get away with it like uh, so jackie that this is this sounds really rude probably I wasn't gonna explain this right but i was um comparing something at a wedding a few weeks ago and um you know it's a big showstopper we call it a big showstopper so i've got this big uh, mic stand i'm on the mic you know i've commanded the room i've been there all day so everybody knows my character that kind of thing And i'm just doing this trick and uh, this guy um at the wedding breakfast because at the wedding breakfast people are quite drunk you know and he just starts talking and I just turned to him and went, oi, shh, I'm performing you. Come on. And everybody laughed. Now, it sounds like a really rude thing, but because I built that rapport with everybody and that character, it worked. And I walked away from it and thought, Jesus Christ, that's quite rude, isn't it? I would never say that to someone. But because I, it just worked and it fitted yeah, it and they all laughed and, you know, it kind of played off. But yeah, but there's that wonderful moment. I love that word that is kind of like an escape. But the thing that you really inspired me there to think about is that whole belief thing my mentor john uh soul hill unfortunately he's not around uh, anymore but in the magic circle he said the same thing well he said two things he said one thing you should always smile as if your grandma is at the back of the room so whenever you perform a you know, big smile but the second thing is he said that you need to believe that the magic is happening so if you're doing a trick where let's say like a card uh, visually um, transforms into something else you know act as if it's really happening in your hand not mm-hmm. just a Da-da, it's done it's you know really you know what would that feel like and look like that and that that just changed everything for me yeah, in my yeah, whole yeah. performance in my whole speaking career it's the idea of actually believing in what we're saying but i i guess that there's a lot of people that that, that don't put that effort in because they're just recycling garbled stuff that they've told to perform or to present yeah. when actually they need yeah. to really get into it don't they
0: yeah, I mean, and that's that's well, I mean, you you touched on that really building rapport and building the trust. And once you've done that, then you then you've got that audience on your side and you can only do that as much as you're saying that the character is an, a, a, an accentuation of you. It is still you. Yeah. And so when I work with people, it's really about finding who they are and 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 it's the same when i was when i was teaching actors when i was working with adults uh, in, in a space and just getting them to remove all of the baggage that we come into any situation with you know the you know my careers teacher telling me that i couldn't be an actor people telling other people that they you know they can't paint or draw don't don't be ridiculous you're not creative all of those things and then we go through secondary school and we're kind of crushed into this little ball and and bound up with all sorts of ropes that kind of we come out the other end thinking we should be this person. This is what society is expecting of us. And we we crush all of these things, um all of the our creativity. Um, I literally read something today that um as children, like preschool, 98% of, of preschool children are creative and genius level. And then as they go through life, that gets that percentage goes down and down and down until, you know, you come out the other end and there's only like 2% of people that are actually creative and genius. And so what I do in a room with people is to really get them to play. Mm. So they drop all of that baggage so that they find out, what their story is and what makes them, what did, What were they doing when they were eight years old that gave them that thrill, you know, and find that. And what is it on your journey that you have learned from that has, and I have found, because I, I also have a podcast, which I hopefully you will be on very soon. <laughs> um, and I love to ask people what they wanted to be when they grew up, because I've found talking to people that they come back to that, mm. You know, it doesn't matter what what journey they've been on, especially entrepreneurs or people working for themselves in, in business. Yeah. They come back to that, what that passion is and they 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 find that. But they still are kind of bound by by this um, expectations and what they think they should be. And mm-hmm. so in the process of working with me, I kind of use the acting training to really get rid of that baggage, get rid of who they are so that they can, they can show themselves authentically and be confident. Yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of it is actually just giving people permission.
1: Yeah, absolutely. To themselves, well, this you know? is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, Jackie, go
0: on. No, no, I was going to say, you know, improvisation is another one of those words that if you say to people, uh, okay, we're going to improvise, they go. <gasps> yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. oh my God. Confused. Yeah. Like, like a comic on a, <laughs> on a stage kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. but that's not you know we improvise every single day you know i'm improvising right now as mm-hmm. are you and that's that's all it is that's it's it's k- kind of making things up as you go along opening your mouth not knowing the response that you're going to you're going to be getting and just n- being confident enough in your own story to be able to talk without fear that there's not going to there's going to be tumbleweed coming back Yeah, because you have got something interesting to say because because it's your story.
1: Hey, it's Ricky here, and I'm just pausing the episode really quickly to remind you that you can watch video episodes with all guests, receive bonus behind the scenes content and extra episodes, all for as little as just the price of a cup of coffee. You can do this in the Unlock's Patreon community, but rather than me tell you why you should join, here's one of our Patreon members and what they have to say.
0: Why do I think being a patron of the Unlocked podcast is awesome? Ricky. That's it. I've known Ricky for a very long time. We worked together back in the day at Argos. He's always been supportive, engaging, and one hell of a magician. Still don't know how he does half that stuff. This podcast is everything that Ricky is all about, and being a patron, I get to support him in this journey, and I get to learn some really useful stuff along the way. We get some exclusive content as patrons and it's so worth missing out on a coffee each month. So come and join us. You won't regret it. So just like Ant, Am- to get involved,
1: head to patreon.com forward slash the unlock podcast, or click the link in the show notes and come and join the fun. Now back to the episode, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so important. And there's so many things I'd love to, we, to discuss in a second about the, the power of play and uh, the power of improv. And if you're happy to Jackie, I would love to do a little improv section with you. Yeah, I've got no, a little game with you if you want fancy doing it in a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I love that whole idea. But yeah, mentions um, mentioned this um, before about the idea of a li- lined paper. So uh, holding us up to the camera here for Jackie. So, you know, as as kids, you're not taught to be playful. You just do it. you just kids. You just play, be creative. And, um, you know, as soon as then, when you go to school, you start learning how to read and write. You're told to keep within the lines and then you do yes. that and then you conform and then you now need to get a career. No, you, you know, you, you couldn't be a magician, Ricky. You no, know, you need to be a, a lawyer or a doctor or a policeman. What? Why? Why can't mm. I be this? You know, so, yeah, I love that idea. And um, I love that you're now kind of bring that play out. So let's talk about this then, the power to speak. Uh, the business the podcast um, obviously tell us a little bit about the business so you've started the business because of this wonderful experience of working in art at the RSC dressing famous actresses and now you're obviously now helping other people to create powerful impactful presentations communication so tell us a little bit about that work then what you're doing you've briefly mentioned it already but um, what could listeners expect from if they wanted to contact you about this
0: um I I I use my acting training really. And that's, that's how I came to this. When, when I came into lockdown, I was a drama teacher, I suppose. I was running workshops for adults. I I used to uh, work with kids after school, run uh, youth theatres and things, but you know my de- my days of Saturday morning thirty kids bouncing off walls um is long gone. So, but teaching working with adults was quite a revelation. You know, to get and I that's that's where it started is that I thought why can I why can't I get a group of adults into a space and do with them exactly what I do with the with the ten year olds, you know, get them playing games get them doing those um, drama exercises, get them improvising, making it up as they go along, um, and just really building confidence. So even with the kids' classes, the youth theatre, I never worked with anybody to make them an actor. I worked with them to give them all the skills to be able to communicate confidently. And if if they wanted to use that, in an acting world, then obviously that's, that's fantastic. But what interests me more interested me more was when, when the adults were coming up to me at the end of a two hour session and saying, that was like therapy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that was really quite powerful for me to think that actually this, this is really beneficial mm-hmm. to everybody. And so when, when lockdown hit and I was at home and the workshops had stopped because all the venues had closed, I was in Zoom rooms with small business owners, with entrepreneurs. Um, I started the podcast because I wanted to talk about creativity because in the in the rooms that I was I was talking in and speaking to people in, people were very kind of um, unsure of what creativity was and assumed that they, they weren't. And so I just wanted to talk to people about how we are all creative. You know, creativity is about problem solving and risk-taking. And, you know, an entrepreneur, anybody that runs their own business, Are believe me incredibly creative um so talking to people in their and their their, about their businesses i could feel that people were reticent about stepping out in front of a camera or on a stage and it's it's not just about you know stepping on a stage and talking to hundreds of people it's you know people are unconfident of turning up in a networking space on a zoom call Um, and so i started working with people on how they can build their confidence to, to get on a screen or to, to stand up in front of their audience. And then now being in a world of of, uh, of people that are speaking professionally and people that want to speak professionally, um, I love to use the acting training to really find the motivation of why they need to speak, what is that talk going to be, how am I going to uh, help them get to performance um, so that so I work with them on the content as well as the actual um, physicality of their voice. You know, when I started, it was all about, you know, well, this is how you breathe. This is how you support your voice. This is how you use your diaphragm. This is your organs of articulation um, and all of those things. Whereas the more that I worked with people that is only part of it. That's a very small part of uh, of getting to performance because actually what it's about is the story and what it's about is the content. And once I find that once people have the basis of that talk, once they've got like a 20 minutes that they can tell their their journey in and get their message across. And it's, it's not about dumping all of that you're, story out there and saying, you know, I need sympathy. Haven't I, haven't I had it tough? You know, this is not about putting all that stuff out there. This is finding stories that are relevant to your business, relevant to what you do, and that will be relevant to the audience that you're talking to. So I always start with, you know, who is the audience? Who is it that you are speaking to? Why do they care? Why, why are they going to listen? Yeah. And and once people have found that and they're confident in that, then all of the physicality, or the voice, the body language, everything just comes naturally.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and and it's so important because I think there's a risk to businesses by not investing into this really because, and, that's, and this is not me plugging this, I've, I've never purchased any of uh, Jackie's coaching or any of her products, but I know this from my work in the Confident Club of what the impact that can have in terms of selling to people, building rapport, communicating to people, showing up on camera. There is that real importance of, um, you know, being playful, being creative, knowing your journey and knowing and knowing the hero's journey, which I think is, is fantastic. It's one of the structures that we like to to share yes. as well. Um, and I remember because I know you're a big fan of um, Sir Ken, Sir Ken Robinson. Oh, yes. So Steve uh, McDermott from the Comfort Club was was really good pals with uh, Sir Ken. And he once asked Ken and said, you know, give me some advice and that. And he said to him that he likes to go up on uh, stage with a tune in mind. But he's prepared to do a little jazz every now and then. And I love that idea of that, you know, there is a structure format. We've got the hero's journey, the past, present, the future. And now there's, there's a little bit of improv in there. Because I think Steve said one of the greatest things to me, which is like, if you watch like Dragon's Den, you'll see um, these, these people going, oh, hello, dragons. And that you know they're they're trying to remember all of their speech and their pitch that they've written down and that, and there's a real fine difference between being completely slick, um, completely winging it, and that sweet spot in the middle of having some structure, the hero's journey Mm -hmm. or a format, whatever, but with a little bit of improv in between. I love that. So yeah,
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, Ken uh, Ken Robinson, absolute hero of mine. And to watch his TED talks, he is just the master of that. You know, the story is there, the actual, the, the the fundamentals of the message that he's going to be sharing in fact I put a post out yesterday with a Maya Angelou quote that says you know it's it, people won't remember what you what you did what you yeah. wrote but they will remember what you said but they will remember how you made them feel yes. and you get that with Ken Robinson because he he tells that story but he takes you on a journey you know and there's a there's a, another quote that I have which is uh memorized to improvise and you have to be so well rehearsed and so well practiced, and know your story. And mm-hmm. if you, and then if you're telling your story, then you can't forget that. That's that's in you. you yeah. You're never going to forget those lines. Yeah. So it's not about memorizing a script. It's about being mm-hmm. so well rehearsed and knowing your stuff so well that you can you can jazz.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You yeah. know you can riff. You can go off in in tangents, but you will come back. Yeah. To, to that because you know it so well that's
1: right yeah some of the best stories i've ever seen are like conversations you know yeah. it's like you're listening to someone sitting around a campfire you know and not some i mean i have to i, I have to be careful what i say because some listeners probably this. i have done some speaking training in the past and, it, and it's very structured and very slick that it's too obvious that there's something going on here where i, I walked away from it going oh okay this, this looks a bit weird, you know, you could see it, you know, and it didn't feel natural. And I think Steve once gave me some feedback that he could see that my brain was trying to work out what was the next part of that structure when it should just yeah. come across yeah. natural and having fun. Well, yeah. So lots of things then to share then in, in, in the power to speak. Obviously you've got the podcast as well, which we'll put a link into the show notes as well. And lots of great things there is what actors and actresses can share. You know, um, one of the things I think is about physical communication, you know, there's this art, uh, there's a, a presupposition in an LP, which is that you cannot not communicate. We are always communicating body language and stuff. But what about physical techniques? What kind of physical techniques can we learn from experience of acting and, and uh, being an actress? What can we use there in, in terms of communicating?
0: Oh, well, I would just say loosen up. Just, you know, before, if you, if you come and work with me, you have to do a warm up. You know that's that's obligatory. So physically, uh, we loosen up all of the muscles, all of the muscles of the face, all of the muscles. I mean, we hold so much tension in our shoulders. You know, you ask somebody to breathe in, and they'll go like, you know, the shoulders will go up. <laughs> so it's it's all about just relaxing. You know, leaving a, a, a nice softness in your knees, so you're not you're not rigid. And again, it comes through once you've done that warm up, once you've sh- sort of shaken off. All of the crap that you've brought in from the day that you just had, you know, the d- warm up, make sure that you sh- you shake out everything. Right. And I start from the top of the head. So you just start with circles and then you do the shoulders and then you do the arms and then you do the hips and the legs and ankles and all of that. And then you do the face because then we've got so many muscles in our face. So just keep, you know, moving like you're chewing uh, or you're <laughs> yeah. a cow chewing grass and just get all this you'll feel the muscles moving all around your nose all around your mouth in your jaw and and then once you've done that you can walk onto a stage with a little bit more uh you're not so stiff you're not so uh uptight so that's one physical thing that you can do that will help mm-hmm. but a lot of it does come from the confidence in what you're saying because once you are confident in sharing that message that physicality will come naturally yeah you know don't don't move if you don't have to you know if i'm working with actors on a stage you or if you're watching actors on a stage that really have are not very good actors you'll see, see them speak and then they know that they've got to get to the other side of the stage because there's a piece of equipment coming on but there's, in the, there's no motivation. There's no reason for their character to move. So it's like they almost come out of character and they walk to the yeah, other side yeah. of the stage. They stop and they carry on. So you kind of you break that that concentration. And it's the same if you're being yourself on a stage. Let the story and just um, become your physicality. So if you feel like you need to move your hands, move your hands. I worked with a guy who was, who'd kind of been forced to be the the face of the business YouTube channel. He had, he had all the knowledge. He, I mean, he was fantastic, but he just froze completely in front of the camera. Uh, And he, he put his, I don't know if he put his hands behind his back or he put them in his pocket. I can't remember. It's like, well, what are you doing? You said, well, I'm not allowed to use my hands. I said, well, who, who said, said that? You're, yeah. you're not allowed <laughs> yes. to use your hands? So yeah, move your hands if you want to. Yes. Don't be distracting. If you start swaying from side to side or, you know, jumping around on the spot, that is going to be distracting. So um, anchor yourself in a spot, but do it, do so, confidently do so in a relaxed way mm. you know this is about you and the story yeah. you don't want to be distracting by by making awkward movements but don't think about it don't overthink it
1: yes agreed yeah i often find i think that um you know i wonder how ted talkers you know if if you're a person that is moving around the stage quite a lot i've seen a lot of people do this where they're just pacing back and forth and you just feel like you're sick cuz you just go oh, what's going yeah. on like how they they go from that cuz great examples there of sitting in a, you know, standing in a red spot and commanding the room, you know, with with kind of no motion at all really, just a little bit every now and then. Yeah. I love
0: that. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, I am a great fan of TED Talks and I think anybody that's looking to do a talk, Go and, go and watch some, you know, find some, some stuff that you're interested in, find the, the topics that you want to talk about and see how other people do it. Because the visuals are another big thing that I love with the TED Talks and are a big thing when I work with people is they feel like they need to put their talk on a slide. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. people don't want to read that. Again, it's a distraction. People don't want to read what it is that you're saying. Yeah they want to listen to what you're saying yeah. so forget forget words a visual is that it's visual so find something that's relevant the visual should be there to accentuate a point yes not to not to make the point yeah. you are there to make the point so yeah,
1: that's the. A- well, uh, do you know what Jackie? I'm going to share this, and this is like a, a world exclusive. Although the time that this episode comes out will be after my wedding. Hopefully, as long as Danielle <laughs> turns up and <laughs> walks down the aisle. But I, I'm so uh, there's there's lots of parallels here. Maybe we'll do another episode on this as well because I see so many weddings and so many speeches, which is the same thing, you know, where people have just googled the night before, "What do I say?" And it's the classics: "The cake is in tears," or "Doesn't <laughs> she scrub up well?" And it's like this is like the the most special part of your day why wouldn't you want to put some effort in and just make this a really exciting moment and i ask people i say how are you feeling i'm really nervous oh would you like some tips that could make you feel really excited for this oh yes please yeah so to give you this a world exclusive right jackie so i'm actually going to be using um so i'm saying this this is now past tense future tense because we're recording this end of august weddings in a week's time. I'm actually using my nine year old, uh, sorry, nine month old daughter's book called The Lion Inside. And I'm going to read it as a prop during my speech. So you might see this behind me um, on the top of me. So I use mind maps for whenever I do keynotes. That was taught from. uh, from I do that too. Love doing mind maps to remember my stuff because then that gives me, like we said, permission to have some sort of structure, but be prepared to go off and jazz a little bit. But one of the things that I'm going to do is use a prop. So I'm not going to have pages and pages of notes that are all tucked and sweaty in my pocket or anything like that. I'm going to have my mind map um, rehearsed in my head and then I'm going to use this prop because I can then go into character. I can put the lion's voice on, the mouse's voice. And the reason I'm using that as a prop, as a visual aid, is because there's such an important message about this little lion trying to find his voice and without kind of giving away too much because there might be some listeners that might be at the wedding. But um, it's the idea that how Danielle makes me feel. On that day, you know, I've I oh. I, I probably got to speak a bit more quiet. She might hear me in the other room. But yeah. <laughs> so the idea of it is that there's this lovely line in there, which is like, forever is such a long time to feel small, and there's such a powerful moment in yeah. that. And no one does that. And I thought, why? Why don't we make this fun? Let's make this fun. And you know, visual. It's not just a microphone, boring technique of. You know, I went to one um earlier on this year. Bless him, the groom. He stood up and says, oh, "I really hate public speaking." Um, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to say thanks for coming, everyone. Have a good night. (laughs) Bye-bye. I didn't even say how beautiful his bride was. Bless him. Bless him. So, you know, but there are so many things here, you know, even as a magician and as an actor, actress that, you know, there's lots of things we can share. So I I love this. Well, Jackie, we we could probably talk about this um, all day. I I 100% believe in what you're doing as well, because it it fits with what we do at the Confident Club. There's so much uh, value in investing in things like yourself to add that impact. You know, I, I get comments on social media about, you look really confident, Ricky, you do this. And it's just strategies and tools and tips and experience used from a mentor from theatres and stuff like that. But um, there's so many things that we can pass on to people, but I'd love to play a quick little improv game with you for about 30 seconds. And then we'll wrap it up with um, some tips of where to find you, how they can find the podcast and what advice we can give people. So I don't know if you've ever done this one, Jackie. It's one of my favourite ones. I've done this a couple of times in the Yellow Tuxedo uh, networking group, but it's... um, we do this in Confident Club too. It's just a simple conversation, um, but it's all in numbers. Nobody knows what the conversation is going to be, but me and you, we're going to count up to 20. I'll go first. I um, I'll do I might do a couple of numbers. You might do one number, two numbers, but between us, we're going to count to 20, but we're going to just do it in an improv style, and it's just a conversation. But nobody knows what the conversation about. Are you ready, Jackie? I am. Okay. One, two, three. Four, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh,
0: nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, mm, f- fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen,
1: nineteen, twenty. Thank six. Seven, eight, <laughs> nine. Ten. Eleven. Twelve, thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. Eighteen. Thank you. <laughs> I loved it. That's one of my favourite ones. We loved in that because yeah. it just gets people just to go... What's going on? And sometimes I, I'll say this to a group. I'll say, we'll just count to 20. And they get so excited. They just carry on. I just let them, yeah. just let them get on with it. Thank oh, you, Jackie, yes. for um, permission to play there with me. I appreciate that. But Jackie, yeah. So obviously, lastly, I guess, as um, some tips for people listening about this, who might be really interested in thinking, I really need to start making, you know, some impactful communication presentations, or I need to show up a bit more on camera. What is one of the simplest pieces of advice we, we've shared about breathing? you know, posture, what would be a good piece of advice for someone to start with about being more confident in presentations or showing up on camera?
0: Uh, Done is better than perfect. Is a big one because you just need to get started. And if you do that just for you in the beginning, that's absolutely fine. Nobody needs to see it, but just get started, do something it might be that you know you'll do something on your phone, and it will always. I've still got videos on my phone, or you know bits of video on my phone that never see the light of day. But it's just <laughs> a way of getting started. The warm up is is always a good one too that people don't think about. They think it's a bit, um, I don't know, a bit a bit actory to kind of do a warm up before you you step on in front of anything. But everybody does. Anybody that has a something big to do will take that time. So an athlete, you'll see an athlete breathe yeah. before they make that big leap or whatever it is that they're doing. You just need to give yourself that time. Give yourself five minutes to do some some gentle warm-ups and breathing, some belly breathing. So when you deep, sort of deep breathe into your diaphragm, um, that, that will certainly help. And just, yeah, just get started, I think.
1: Yeah, love that. Great tip. And Jackie, one of the questions I ask every guest is about... The idea of how do we unlock the best version of ourselves? What do you do to unlock the best version of yourself?
0: I start most days with a 20 minutes yoga. And that really sets me up for the day. Now, I know not everybody is going to be able to do that, but I think if you can give yourself 20 minutes of your day just to chill, whether that's meditation sitting in a in a dark room whatever that is for you gardening cooking anything just find something that really puts you into that sort of relaxed state because I think that that really I walk as well so yeah if I if I can get uh, time to walk I don't have music on I don't do anything it's just time space for me in my head
1: yeah I think it's really important isn't it especially now I think the the, the, the age that we're in, I'm I'm finally, I'm scrolling endlessly at the minute. And yeah. I need those moments to just be clear thinking, you know, away yeah. from it. Yeah. Love that. Very powerful. Thank you. Well, Jackie, I'd uh, love to have this conversation. I think we could talk about this um, for for uh, a lot more than this, but how can people find out more about what you do or even how to find the podcast?
0: Well, I am, um, uh, my website is www.powertospeak.co.uk I am on LinkedIn as Jackie Goddard, Power to Speak. So come and find me there. Um, the podcast is on YouTube. So there's a podcast, um, Power to Speak, the podcast on YouTube channel, as well as on all of the other Audible platforms, Apple, Spotify, all of those. So pick your favorite, come and find, come and find me there. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I do have a Facebook page too. That's Power to Speak UK.
1: Brilliant. Well, Jackie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. And, uh, Oh, actually, yeah, there is a link actually we'll put in the show notes because I believe there is something that you've offered, uh, which is, I believe I wrote this down as well. I should have had this. I'll delete this bit out. Um, how to impact influence and inspire your audience, uh, PDF.
0: There is. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the website to, uh, sign up for that. And that's a, a free 12 page PDF that, that talks about like we have breathe. So it's the three believe breathe and be prepared. So just gives you some tips and techniques on on how to get started.
1: Brilliant. Oh, thank you, Jackie. And we'll put a link as well in the show notes for people to find that as well. But Jackie, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yes, look forward to uh, speaking to you
0: again soon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And good luck with the wedding. Thanks, Jackie.
1: Thank you, Jackie, for coming on to the show. I love this episode. I'm a massive fan of helping people to become more confident and to step out from their audience and share their messages. So thank you for coming on and sharing all of your wonderful expertise and magical moments. Now, if you want to find out more about Jackie's work and how she can help you, head to the link in the show notes. And also, you can listen to her podcast, Power to Speak, on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for listening to this episode. As always, a huge, huge thank you to the patron supporters of this podcast. Thank you, Anthony Howe, Jasmine Barnes, Chloe Wilmer, Sarah Kaye, Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott, and Chris Lovett, and Rory Barnes. We really do appreciate your support for getting this podcast out to the masses. If you did enjoy this episode, then head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Leave us a review or leave us a rating. It helps this podcast get shared to more people around the world. Without further ado, thank you for listening to this episode and good luck unlocking the best version of yourself. I'll join you on another episode of Unlocked next week. Goodbye.